like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and glad, very glad to have Richard Cohen back on for an episode. Yay, I'm glad to be here with you. <laughs> Steve and I were talking about um, my plans because I'm recording at six also and we're doing this at five. Well, we were supposed to start at 5.15, but um, I said, well, the first one's with Richard and he was like, well, that's going to go long. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yep, yep. Give so, him a finger for me, would you? <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> all right. Um, well, by the way, all I'm seeing right now is you. And what? I feel like the audience should be seeing my gorgeous face too. Oh, I've got you on my screen. You You're do? being okay. recorded. Yeah, that's okay. your that's view. All I care about. You go you you go up and change the view so oh, you can see you right. too. Okay. All right. So anyway, sorry folks. That Richard doesn't know how to say I am. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so we're gonna use a quote as a starting point and then sort of work backwards is what we just finished talking about. Um, this is from a blog post called Childcare Versus Daycare, 12 ECE Experts on Why Words Matter. I couldn't find an original date of publication on this, um, but it's it from Moment ago. Path blog. Yeah, momentpath.blog uh, or dot com slash blog. So anyway, um, this, this has been coming up for me a lot. And so um, after some Facebook posts the other day where Richard and I both were having similar conversations with our... Um, folks who like us. I don't want to say followers. You have followers. I have, I have, I have folks readers. who like me. Um, Nobody <laughs> likes me. They just read myself. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Um, so the quote we're going to start with, because we have to stay on track, is, and this is from you in the article or the blog post, the pendulum, and that's referring to the pendulum between what we are going to call ourselves as a field, which we'll get to. The pendulum needs to come back to a healthier point in the middle in which we don't get so hung up on terminology and instead focus our attentions on the underlying systemic issues to which those terms refer. Um, and again, the article, Child Care Versus Daycare. Yeah, whoever said that was brilliant. Right? We should yes. find him, get him on the show. 
Yes. <laughs> so what? Where are we starting with this? I guess I can just talk about why this is resonating with me right now. And unless you, you want to talk about life in 2020. Yeah. Do you want to go further back first? Yeah. Okay. I mean, let me let me just say, yeah. I, I don't know what year you got into this field, but for me, it was mid 80s, mid late 80s. 1990. Okay. So about the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was so young, but back then, um, that's the first time I heard this, someone say very angrily, um, you know, don't call it daycare. Mm -hmm. It's childcare. We don't take care of days. We take care of children. Mm -hmm. And now here we are four decades later, and I'm still hearing that same chestnut. And, and by the way, I'm not disrespect. I don't want to I want to be really clear. I don't want to disrespect anyone who says that. Some of my dearest uh, readers of Zen and the Art of Early Childhood Education literally just posted those words, um, and others went yay, and I, you know, and all that. So I'm not dissing them, mm -hmm. but but that argument is like um, I was thinking about this afterwards. It's it's like. I don't know if this is going to make any sense. It's like two people <laughs> um, treading water and splashing water in each other's face and not realizing that there's shark circling <laughs> under. Yeah. I don't think it actually, I think that words matter uh -huh. and I think that words don't matter. Okay. I, I, you know, I could make both cases, but in this case, having been in this field for now coming on 40 years, it's not been my experience that it matters if we call it childcare or daycare. Um, it, in the, you know, people will say, well, it matters because then the rest of the world will treat us with respect. And the point of my quote was, yeah, no, they won't. <laughs> unless you get at the systemic issues uh, that undergird our field and the greater society in which the field exists, mm -hmm. um, you can call it pink pajamas and it's not gonna get you more funding or more respect or higher wages. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, maybe I do disagree. I, so I, I understand what you're saying. I agree with your whole, with your larger point, I think, but, um, and I'm, I'm right now I'm speaking internally. So of the people who are doing the work, I, I agree that what we call ourselves doesn't matter to the outside world. Like, I, I don't think we're going to change their view of us. Um, as a profession or as deserving of respect because we demand they use a certain word <clears throat> when they talk to us. And that's a change for me. I didn't always think that way. I had somebody, so I, you know, I, what I, what we, what started this is a post, it's actually someone else's Twitter, whose name I can't remember, um, tweet that I posted on my Facebook page, the nerd page that right. said something like, it shouldn't be insulting to be called childcare. And, um, one of the things that came up in a comment was it does because um, because we need to get polit this is a great big paraphrase we need to get politicians on our side and i to that i say no i think the push for calling ourselves early childhood education has damaged <laughs> what what we or has worked against what we wanted to get attention for from politicians and and policymakers because now they're so focused on education and they get their information from snippets. They aren't experts. Um, so they hear education, their mental connection is elementary school. 
And so that's been, I think that's contributing to the academic pushdown that sort of deprofessionalizes us because we're not standing up for the best, what, how we know children really learn and what they need during that age. Right. So it's, here's what I think I'm hearing you say. It, uh, it has maybe increased the ability for those politicians who tend to be primarily male uh-huh. uh, to better access our, our field's value uh-huh. and perhaps consider greater funding. But, but who gets hurt in the process are the young children in our care right. who right. are getting far less than what research tells us they need. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't feel like it has the effect we think it has on the outside forces that, af- that, that direct our, our work, of course, it, or affect our work is the word I mean, I'm looking for. Um, but I do think that internally, amongst ourselves as people who spend our days with young children in whatever setting you want to say, when we can't even agree that there's value to caring and that it's not an insult to say child care and that the custodial care is so important also. And I hesitate to even just tie that word custodial care on there because that's- Yeah, that word, I cringe. Yes, me too. Um, custodial. What? I don't cringe because of care. I cringe oh, custodial, yes. Custodial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I feel like- we're fighting so hard for outsiders respect when we don't have respect for the people who work the next shift. I'm the nine o'clock person, that three o'clock person comes in. She's just doing childcare. I'm here from nine to 11. So I'm teaching. Um, we, we can't even agree amongst ourselves of the value of the work. So I don't think that we're going to be able to have an effect on, not that we shouldn't keep trying to advocate for our work. I, I'm going to just keep talking in circles here, but on this particular topic, I'm all worked up about it as we talked about before the recording, but but for different reasons than have been presented, um, like in these Facebook comments and things that we had this week. Mm-hmm. Well, and Carol Garbadin Murray's um, upcoming book, the pedagogy of care, mm-hmm. which we just recently did a part the revolution. one. What is it? The revolution begins when that yes. book comes out. <laughs> yes. So we recently did a part one uh, uh, nerd podcast, mm-hmm. and we're about to record part two with her mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, I felt so emboldened by that, mm-hmm. and like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders, as I said in that last podcast. And so I feel more than ever justified and validated in saying, I am proudly a caregiver. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing more important in those first five years and perhaps throughout life than care. Mm -hmm. And out of that care, according to Carol, comes education. It's a subset of the care. So that makes this particular discussion, it makes me feel even more passionate. And it makes me feel sad. Like, for example, I just read so you share that that tweet, and then I shared it onto my Zen page. Mm-hmm. You have your sets of people who commented, and then I had mine, and I yeah. was just reading through my comments to prepare for this podcast. And one of the women said, and again, I'm not uh, dissing her at all. Um, she said, I am a teacher. I am not a caregiver. 
I got an associate's degree. I got a bachelor's degree. Yeah. I worked hard. I paid a lot of money for those. Yeah. And I am part of the education community. And on one hand, I was like, okay, you go girl. That's awesome. On the other hand, aren't we missing the, the primary gift we are to the world and to our economy when, because the other thing is that we worked in my 40 years in the field. I'm just going to start saying 40 from now on. I'm okay. rounding up. Um, I just won't release this for a few years and then it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never claimed to be good at math. So no, <laughs> um, uh, we've worked so hard to want ourselves to be included in the K through 12 world, right? And we wanted to be seen as part of the educational journey of children. Um, and yet at the same time, we've also held strong to the fact that we are uniquely different. Children at a, at, are at a uniquely different place developmentally in their first five years than in their elementary years. Mm -hmm. And so therefore their needs are uniquely different. And so um, I'm talking in circles too, because on one hand, I want to be proud of being a teacher and starting them on their journey. And certainly we can't leave this podcast without saying that everyone out there working with young children deserves far worthier wages than they're getting. Absolutely. And that the, the push towards wanting to call ourselves teachers rather than caregivers in part comes from that because mm -hmm. we see our elementary and secondary colleagues and how much, much more money they're making than mm -hmm. us. Um, so I get that and I would never wanna hinder that work at all. But on the other hand, our contribution is so uniquely different and the way mm -hmm. we need to go about our jobs and the skill sets and dispositions we need are uniquely different yeah. from our elementary and secondary colleagues. Yeah, and I've, so I've sort of, and I see both sides of that because um, I had some of that on my um, in my comments too that I went to school and I have done put all this work into um, accreditation and getting my degrees and those kinds of things. So I started the field when I was 19 when I didn't know and I had already sort of dropped out of my first try at college. I didn't even know that was a field that could be studied. Right. So I worked the first 20 years of my career without a degree not without professional knowledge and expertise and learning because I read and I learned and I went to things and, um, and I, I tried. So I, and I felt very competent to do that. And the first time someone suggested that I needed a piece of paper to prove that I could do what I had already been doing pretty well. Um, I was, there was a lot for me to work through, but the bottom line was I was pushed out of the field until I started back towards, um, towards working on my degree. I spent most of my forties, working full-time and going to school, and now I have a master's degree. I'm proud of that work. Uh -huh. I, um, I, I do feel validated now because I have some letters behind my name, or I feel like I have to be less defensive about uh, my skill, my professionalism, or whatever. But in those classes, care was never discussed. The value of the, the daily interactions, the routines, the... Um, I'm going to say it again, but I'm going to do the air quotes. The custodial aspects that get dismissed um, were not. And the relationships. And the relationships were not discussed. It was all about content. And quite frankly, a lot of it was elementary ed because early right. childhood programs are being absorbed by L ed 
programs all over the place. So, so, and I was a director of a center that worked to get accreditation. So I know that those are hard things to do. Um, but I think we have to, I have to, I had to let go of my ego and say, all of those words I was demanding people use about me were about me. And I want to be about the children who are here with me um, and the families that they come from and the other adults who are, who are providing for them. And that was a shift for me. And so since then, I'll be honest, daycare still makes me cringe, but I, I need to keep refocusing that it's about what's actually happening with children and not about the words that we use to describe it. Yeah. You know, again, we keep, we keep reiterating and sort of revalidating each other's points of view here, <laughs> which is always lovely to not ever to, to talk with someone who never disagrees with you. But um, I kind of disagreed with you at the beginning. Oh, that's not cool. But it was just a baby disagree. Okay. I'll okay. Anyway. Um, well, see, again, part of me is like, you go girl. That's awesome. I'm glad you, you know, are like that self-actualized that you came to that realization. But then there's another part of me, the part that mentioned the sharks swimming around at the bottom down yeah. there that, um, you know, we're up on this, most early educators are up on that surface trying to handle the waves and not really realizing the source of the waves. Mm -hmm. um, so what am I saying? P my point is in responding to what you just said is that yes, part of it is about our egos and letting that go and all that. But part of it is also realizing um, the patriarchal context in which your ego exists <laughs> and that you can't be faulted for. Um, and, and there's a part of me that wants to say to you, there's nothing you need to let go of. There's, there's nothing you need to heal. Um, you were never broken to begin with. Um, you know, I say I when, was broken? I just felt uh, like I was wrong. Did I say I was broken? No, I was. Oh, okay. I All was right. taking liberties. Yeah, you're calling um, me broken. Well, no, but my point is... <laughs> just go yeah. ahead, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, there's 10 jokes. Just went Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but when was, that was like in the early 2000s, or when was that, that NAEYC, don't get us started on NAEYC. Right, whole other episode. Whole other episode. I literally <laughs> just submitted our college's accreditation uh, annual report two hours ago, mm -hmm. and... I'm sorry, oh, and congratulations. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, um, when they came out with that thing, whatever year that was in the 2000s, all early childhood lead teachers will have bachelor's degrees by 2020 or whatever. Yeah. And then everyone lost their shit yeah. uh, over that. Um, you know, that was one of the first signals to me that um, this ship is not being steered by you know, and again, it's difficult to not make a broad generalization, yeah. but people who tend to value and understand caring, mm -hmm. which tend to be females. Right. Um, like, what is that about? And then we, that thrust us into this world of data gathering mm -hmm. and all the busy work that takes us away from building relationships and caring. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, to, to, to me, that's, there's a much larger systemic societal issue that's undergirding this whole thing mm -hmm. that regardless of what we call ourselves unless we deal with that unless we get more women in positions of power uh in our government um it doesn't matter what we call ourselves 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I was just missing Elizabeth Warren for a minute. Um, <laughs> um, so here's something else that occurred to me kind of as we've been talking. Um, and, and maybe this is, this is going to lead away from the discussion of the language and back to more of a, a topic I wish Carol was here for. Um, but so also for this, I just started teaching a new eight week course. And this week we're talking about, it's just intro to early childhood education, the course. So this week we're kind of hitting basics about what does it, what could you do with that kind of a degree? But next week is theorists and the history. And so I've been reading, you know, rereading the theorists and I watched the video that you sent me, which is going to be a guest lecture in the class. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, but so much of what is sort of named by those theorists falls more into care than it does education. I mean, of course, they're talking about how children learn, but it's also relationships and and being social and um, the, the needs, you know, people's needs being met. Um, I just noticed a pattern that I hadn't noticed before where a lot of that really tends more towards how we actually are interacting with children than the things that we plan to help them learn the activities and the lesson plans and all right. of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And where that takes me to in my thinking is, is kind of my next point of fear, uh -huh. which is um, universal pre-K. Oh, right. Hurts so my heart, know, hurts my head. Well, but let's say why for a minute, because there's a yeah, lot of yeah. people who think it's a wonderful thing and are right. very for it, right? So, you know, please, God, our, this is, this podcast is being recorded the week before our presidential election, and we hope that it's going to go days in a direction, before. Yeah. huh? Yeah, days, days before the election. And we hope that it's going to go in a direction such that uh, the president for the next four years, uh, values early childhood education and wants to fund it. And one of those candidates, Joe Biden, says that one of the ways he would do that if he were the president, see how careful I'm trying to be here, mm -hmm. um, is through universal pre-kindergarten. Right. People get really excited and they go, yay, funding yes. for early childhood. That's awesome. Yes. In, in fact, in one speech, he said, and I'm not talking about just daycare. <laughs> Right. And that kind of gets to the point. It won't release till after we voted. So, which is <laughs> who's going to decide um, what that looks like and how we define quality early childhood education? Yeah. Men. Yep. Um, they're going to create the evaluation tools that decide what quality universal pre K looks like. And mm -hmm. that scares the hell out of me mm -hmm. because it is not going to go the way of pedagogy of care. Right. And I mean, this is a whole, like a whole other, other topic, but you know, his, his wife is a very accomplished educator, very well known, well-respected, but not in early childhood. Yes. So I have some, some nervousness about that too, but here, so I, I said this the very first time I was ever on a podcast with Jeff Murphy, Jeff Murphy, Jeff Johnson and Lisa Murphy. Um, I think that we just got so grateful when people started saying universal pre-K we were so grateful to be in the boat that we became very worried about falling, you know, being pushed out of the boat. And we just went along with what they were saying. Okay. Universal pre-K. Yes. 
let's do that. Let's make it part of the public school system and then we'll be respected. And instead of thinking, is that really what four-year-olds need and what we know about how they learn um, and how maybe the conversation should be something different. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. It scares uh, me. Now, I'm also, yeah, it scares me. All mm -hmm. of these things. They mm -hmm. seem on the surface. Again, I just keep going to this sort of surface and depth look yeah. metaphor. I don't know why. Yeah. But they seem on the surface. Call me a teacher. Give me universal pre-K. They seem like positives. But when you've been in this long enough and you've had time to look at things more deeply, at least for me anyway, that's they produce fear in me, not excitement. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing, I know we're, I know our time is- Got some time. Okay. <laughs> well, I know you wanted to get to now this conversation in the context of 2020. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so this is, this has come up, like I said, it's been sort of an ongoing theme for me. I, it's always been in my mind, the language that we use, but especially since we have been in this COVID era, um, there seems to be a lot more, and I see it on social media. Um, I don't really talk to people anymore, so I see on social media. Um, a lot of this sort of infighting, and it's, you know, the, the child care providers, the early educators who've been doing this doing what they always do as safely as they can during the whole time. And then there came this conversation about, should we open schools? And the argument was mostly economic. Families have to get back to work, so we need our schools open. And you know, elementary school teachers were so offended by the idea that they could be um, sort of uh, included in that childcare conversation. Um, that, was, that was upsetting to me. <laughs> Well, what we have in common with them is none of us want to be called babysitters. Yeah. As if, by the way, that's a bad thing. I know. If Carol was here, that's what she'd say. Right. <laughs> um, but that, that was, I think, the, the knee-jerk reaction, right, of the elementary and upper mm -hmm. uh, teachers was, yeah. we're not here just to house your children and take care of them. You know, we've gotten all these degrees and done all these things because we're here to educate them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a whole other conversation as a society we need to have about overhauling our educational system and redefining what those 12 years even look like mm -hmm. and what their purpose is in the modern world. Right. But, but that said, you know, I understood why the teachers were feeling disrespected. And, but I also understood why the caregivers who were open during that time mm -hmm. um, and getting paid bupkis and not being called essential workers and all that were also offended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is, but I, my heart went out to, I, you know, I had empathy for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had more empathy for the early childhood sides, <laughs> but I had perspective taking ability, I guess, for the, uh, which, which I think is a little bit different for the, for the teachers who were angry about that. Um, oh, it's gone whatever the next thing was. I think part of, the, part of the conversation in this specific blog post about daycare versus um, childcare was that we don't care for days and it puts the focus on the wrong thing. Um, but I think the same argument could be made for early childhood education. The focus then is on education, which sort of skips the humanity and the reality of being in daily life with children um, as young as we are with them. 
so so I, I don't know where that goes, but that also was a note that I had written down about the language. Well, and again, just to remind your viewers and listeners and whatnot, I said this on an earlier podcast, but the whole concept behind Head Start in 1962, what would give children a head start was not academic preparedness. Mm -hmm. It was practicing uh, uh, their social and emotional skill mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm. um, that's what was going to give them a head start. Right. Was, and, and addressing some of the, the sort of family and community issues that were um, putting barriers up for those children. Right. So, you know, in the business world, you might call those the soft skills, mm -hmm. right? And early yeah. childhood education, math and science and language and literacy mm -hmm. are sort of the hard skills. Um, but that's, that's patriarchal in nature, right? Mm -hmm. A society that values the hard skills over the soft skills. Right. Because soft skills tend to be under the umbrella of females. Right. Um, but that was the whole nature of our field, or at least that subset of Head Start. Mm -hmm. That was the brilliance of that research. That's what young children need, is uh, support for their social and emotional development. Mm -hmm. So another way of saying it is they need to be cared for and learn how to be a caring human being. And that's right. what will have them ready for kindergarten and beyond. Right. And not because you have a theme for a week that is, I care for others. <laughs> yes. Tune into a, into a future episode that we're recording in a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do, do you have any parting shots? We probably, I probably do need to wrap up since someone else is coming oh. on. It I know. Um, well, I would just say that, you know, I don't think there is one right answer here. Yeah. I think much like everything we say in early childhood, process versus product. <laughs> the process we had in this conversation to me is what's valuable. The, the, the process people will have as they consider what they've heard us say uh, is what's valuable whatever they'll then comment on the nerd page or my page um, and then read each other's mm -hmm. thoughts on it. That's what's valuable. There yeah. is no one right answer or one perfect solution to hit on. Um, so I don't know. That's mm -hmm. my, that's as close to wisdom as I can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been one big long opinion piece. <laughs> now do with it what you will. <laughs> all right well um i should have been making a list of all the other things we said that's a whole other episode for me <laughs> all right well thanks richard it's good You're to welcome. talk to you and i will see you again in a couple of days to record thanks right. everyone for listening bye and that's the show now go get your nerd on has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.